0: What a welcome from my side, I'm JJ. For those of you who might visit for the first time, stoked that you are here, stoked to see some of the old faces back. Uh, Things are coming around nicely. I'm so, so thankful that we're in phase three now, Woohoo! and uh, we're progressing, we're making making strides forward. Um, I love the fact that our kids can sing with us, can see how we sing and worship God through song, and learn from us how to do that. And I love the fact that there is a ministry out there that's dedicated to really blessing them with the Word of God. They're being taught the Word of God in these classes. They're being taught stories at their level that help them understand God's principles and God's love for them, God's plan for their lives. So... um, I'm just. We want to brag on our kids ministry team who have gone through a lot these last couple of weeks to just bulk up our efforts. But I also want to let y'all know that we are um, doing the same with our youth ministry. And our youth ministry meets on Wednesday evenings at six. At, uh, and we're announcing a new venue as of today. We're going to move to our, uh, our actual, we have an office in town. If y'all did, didn't know, uh, we might not have a permanent facility, but we are renting office space. And it's big enough for it to be a, a little youth hall. And so we're going to, uh, to get that ready for our youth to meet. It's, if, you're, if you have young uh, teenagers and, and so forth, it's 4, 416, 416 South Avenue F. It's uh, close to where we, uh, our previous office were, for those of you who've been around. Um, but it's just around, just around the corner, closer to the track, and uh, it's a little bigger than the one we had before. And so I want to invite you. If you've got a teenager, high school, middle school, I think, anywhere from the age of 12, that's, that's what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm told, um, you're welcome to come and join us at our youth services on Wednesday evenings at 6. Runs about till 8, and then, um, then we send them off. So they'll be great if they can come. Um, over there, too, we're really ramping up efforts to make sure that it's not just a good time together, playing together. We're actually teaching them the Word of God at their level. And so they can apply that in their schools and in their lives where they're at right now. So please come. If you can come and help join us, serve, uh, you want to be involved in youth ministry, uh, in pouring in and investing in the young people of our city, um, yeah, talk to me. And we can we can see how we can get you involved in that as well. Uh, we always need people that can um, echo what our parents are telling us. Every child needs another adult that echoes what their parents are teaching them. And we try to be that echo of God's biblical principles in partnership with our parents for our kids' ministry as well as for our youth. So, just a quick FYI before we jump into today's message that is about the goodness of God. We're doing a bit of a one-off. Normally we do series if you're, if you're kind of new. We do series kind of that build one thought on the other. But today I just we had a moment where um, we're kind of uh, ramping up to prepare our next series. And uh, I want to do a, a, a one-off message that is about the goodness of God. And so I want to pose a question. as my title today. Is God really good? Is God really good? And we're going to read about the scriptures that confirm to us the goodness of God and solidifies our faith and our stance in life that we can trust God's character, we can trust His nature, and we can can bank on it. And it can keep us standing. But how many of you know that sometimes this life don't agree with us on God's goodness? And it tries to convince us that God is not good, that God does not care. That God is not involved in your life. And it screams at us from various different things that happen to us. I know very many of you have experienced things in life where you've had to stick to your faith. You kind of had to just buckle down and decide for yourself, am I going to continue to believe in God's goodness? Or am I going to start considering all my experiences and draw into doubt what the Bible declares about God? What does the Bible say about God? Let's read about uh, some, some scripture verses. I didn't put all of them on, on the screen. Um, you, can, you can go and Google and just Google scriptures about the goodness of God. And it will throw out a bunch of scriptures that talk about this. I just took a couple um, that I want to read that, that emphasizes that we serve a God that's good. Our God is not good with a little bit of evil. I don't know if y'all ever heard the whole yin-yang scenario. You know the, that eastern sign with the two koi fish? The one's black and the other one is white? I just blew somebody else's mind. She never knew that was koi fish, right? <laughs> it's actually fish, those things. And the, one, the black fish's eye is white and the white fish's eye is black. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That little round pendant that people wear around there? Never wear that around your, around your uh, neck, by the way. It preaches a completely different message from what we believe as Christians. What that basically says is that in life there is good and bad, and in all bad there's a little good, and in everything good, there is a little bad. And' so what that tells us that God actually can be a little pernicious. He can be a little naughty, and, and sometimes he just does little things just to frustrate us. Sometimes he does little things just to teach us a lesson, just to get us back in check, just to put us in our place. And so we can't really fully trust Him because He is not completely good at all times. And some of the things He does is really just to get back at us, to judge us a little for all the things that we've done wrong. There is nothing further from the truth than that. Our God is a good God. And when I say God is good, I mean He's holy. There is nothing, myst- um, there is nothing there's a lot mysterious about God to be honest, but there's nothing um, mischievous about God. He is a straight line. His goodness is always good. And sometimes in the Bible we read things about God judging nations and God wiping out nations. And you know, I don't know if you've come across this. People go like, well, how can you trust a God like that? You know, who just kills people? And 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 oftentimes what we what we fail to do is we fail to really go and investigate why that happened. So that we can understand the perspective. As humans we have, you know, maybe, maybe good perspective around about 50 to 100 years before us, and, 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 and you know, because of, but we don't even really know what it was like to live in the early 1900s. We can read about it, but we don't fully have perspective about it. How much more reading about how God did something to a particular nation, not understanding what that nation did for God to actually act that way toward them? And what you, when you really start studying, you start realizing that actually every single one of God's judgments are actually also works of grace. They are saving works. They are ridding the world of literally uh, of elements that will cause its destruction, that will lead to its absolute destruction if He didn't remove it. And so when God removes something from your life, you have to realize He's doing it for your own good. He's not doing it just because, you know, he had a bad hair day or something. He's, or, and he's not even doing it just because you're sinning. He's doing it because it's good for you. And we see that all through history. The testimony about God's actions toward man can always be proven to be good. So, 1 Corinthians 16 says this. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. For His mercy endures forever. Aren't you glad that His mercy endures forever? It doesn't just endure until you make another mistake. (laughs) Or you displease Him. Or you sin again. And then His mercy stops. No, His mercy endures forever for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? I'm very glad for that because I need that. Good and upright is the Lord, declares Psalm 25 verse 8. Good and upright is the Lord. Everything He does comes from a nature that is absolutely good. Every one of His actions, every one of His words, every one of His decisions in your life is good. Mark 10.18, I'm going to refer back to this in a little while, but Mark 10.18 says this, No one is good but one, and that that is God. No one is good but one, and that is God. This is actually Jesus saying this. So technically this was written in red, meaning it's important. No, everything in the Bible is important, right? That's a joke. James 1. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. comes from above. It comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. That means you can absolutely depend on God. He is... You know, if he says this in the one sense, he's going to say that in all eternity. His testimony is going to be forever the same. Psalm 27. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Today we can stand and declare we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That means this side of eternity. Not one day in the sweet by and by. Yes, we're going to see His goodness there too. But it's for this life that He's declaring, we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And that makes us not lose heart, right? Because we have a trustworthy God. We have a God that we can depend on. doesn't matter what age or circumstance we, or, or phase of life we might find ourselves in. He applies to every one of them. And so we can say, like Psalm 34 says, taste and see that God is good. Taste and see that God is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. Each and every one of us have an opportunity to taste and see. To experience God for ourselves. And to, and to experience His goodness. But it comes with us having to put our trust in Him. It comes with us having to jump in on His boat. And allow Him to set the course and set the sails for our life. If we try to do things on our own way, we're going to come into what we're just going to. We're going to experience different the different side of life. We'll get into that in a minute. But I want to let you guys know that we serve a good God. He is only good. He's just good. How do you say that different? There is no evil in God. None. Zero. Zip. Nada. He is pure. Goodness towards you, and that means you can trust Him. You can trust Him with your life. It also means you can trust Him with your eternity and what He declares about your eternity. You can trust Him that if you follow along His path, if you follow His way, that His prayer, His promise of eternity will come to pass in your life. So, because God is good, I can't trust in patient expectation for the fulfillment of His promises. My wife mentioned the promises God gave us. Promises of care, promises of healing, promises of protection and of provision. All those promises apply to each and every one of us who are in Christ and um, His answer is never no. It's always yes, but then He says, now let me work it out for you. Allow me to work it out for you. Trust me how I make it come to pass. Do not try and fulfill these things by the works of your own hands, by your own flesh, by your own understanding. Leave that to me. If you trust in me, you will be blessed. I will work it out for you. But we do live in a real world, amen? So sometimes we face things that are just unimaginably sad and horrific. And, and sometimes we want to ask, why do all these bad things happen to good people, right? Why, why is there so much hurt and suffering in this world? Why, do, why is there so much you know, uh, 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 evil? And if you've asked that question, actually you're kind of right in company with many of the biblical you know, uh, figures that we've learned of all of our lives. Guys like Abraham and Moses all questioned God. Doubted whether God was you know, going to do what He said He was going to do. At the same time as they were believing also. So, so having doubts does not mean that you're, you're not having faith anymore. It just means that you have a decision. Which of these two are you going to act on now? Are you going to keep acting on faith? And stand and expect patiently for the fulfillment of the promise? Or are you going to allow the doubt to start dictating to you a different path? Because which one you choose is going to determine your destiny. Either your victory in Christ or your destruction and your demise. And we have that responsibility to make that decision. To keep choosing God's goodness and faith. Jeremiah said, Lord, why does it seem that all the guys who are doing business Unfairly, corruptly, why does it seem that they're always the ones prospering? And me, refusing the little gifts under the table and trying to be a a, a righteous businessman, I I, I seem to be struggling all that much. You see, there is this discrepancy in life that makes it seem that if you're bad, you advance. If you're good, you're going to struggle. Why does that happen? David said over and over, Lord, you're there again. My enemies have come for me again. And you still haven't saved me. Are you still there? How many of you have asked God, God, do you see me? Hello? It's old JJ here. You know, that guy that, you know, preaches every Sunday at OSC. Glorifies your name, by the way. Just saying. I felt like that often and yet when life preaches at us a different message we have a decision to make whether we're going to choose to believe the truth or whether we're going to allow circumstance to derail us Job argued with God about his innocence I don't deserve this how many of you have said like Lord I've done so many good things for you I don't deserve this All right, no self righteous people here good good. we can all trust Jesus for his grace um but today people ask questions that are real. Questions that are heartbreaking. And some of you might have asked some of these questions. God, where were you when I got beat? Where were you when my marriage was failing or struggling? God, where are you? Why, why did I have to get diagnosed with a sickness? Why did I lose my child at birth? Why can't we conceive? Where are you God? Can you you even hear us? Why did I get laid off? I think this is a very legitimate question. God, why 2020? Seriously. You know, and sometimes our, our religious response, and I do believe this is actually a religious response. Our religious response is to say, well, it's just the devil. You know, the devil is just attacking me enemy is just getting after me and like you know and we have fun things to try and like not today satan i ain't gonna listen to you and i, I agree humor is sometimes necessary to help us come through tough times that's that, that's for sure but the bottom line is we can't blame the devil for for everything sure everything that is happening in this life that is bad ultimately can be brought back to the devil and adam right so if we're going to blame the devil, we might as well blame Adam as well. Um, because that's where all the brokenness and everything comes from and, 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 and escalated over the generations and, and etc. But in an individual instance, it is not every single time a spiritual force that is attacking you a demon that is responsible for what you're experiencing. There are a lot of other things, and if we have the wrong perspective about what is it that we're facing, our response doesn't help us. If you're trying to rebuke and cast out a devil, but actually one of the four perspectives are at play that I'm going to share with you just now, you're not going to get a good outcome, and your faith will falter, and you will start doubting the goodness of God. What am I talking about? Four things that we need to realize that are the reasons for why we go through suffering here on earth. The first is that maybe you're a victim simply of a broken world. Did you guys know that God created this earth perfect? He declared after He created it, this is good. Everything worked exactly according to His design. The way He wanted it. His will perfectly personified in a physical creation. But that didn't last long. And yet, (laughs) even though it's been under the effects of sin, which brought a curse, which leads it to be broken for so many millennia, we still fail to realize that God isn't behind natural disasters. This world doesn't operate according to God's perfect design anymore. Because it's broken. It's under a curse. A curse that makes it degrade. And the whole concept of entropy. That things Get disorganized and broken over time if left to its own vices is a result of an earth that does not operate with God's essence of life, uh, uh, um, um, keeping it, you know, and preserving it any longer. This world is breaking, and it's not necessarily because of human interaction in terms of our physical activities, it's more. The fact that we disobeyed God, and it brought a curse on this world. And so when things happen, people go like, Oh, God, you spared us. Thank you. Well, why didn't he spare Lake Charles? Those Lake Charlesians might have sinned, must have sinned a lot these last couple of years. You know, God's judgment sure was you know, poured out on those guys. Luckily, the Crowlites, we were more holy, right? And God spared us. No, that is not how we used to think God is not behind Hurricane Laura. But you know what? Even though He did not initiate that thing, even though, should I say her, um, He is still within every single storm, working with us to preserve, to protect, to help, to help us rebuild, to help us stand back up again, to take us to where, where His plan and purpose is meant to lead us. But if you think it was... The devil, if you think it was God, how do you even, how do you even pray against a hurricane? <laughs> you know, if God's bringing it, why should I even pray against it? No, these things are natural occurrences. And we ask God's intervention to lower it, to change it. And we don't always see the perfect picture as to why at times it does and why at times it doesn't. But it doesn't change God's character when a broken world is doing things that a broken world does. But you know what's awesome? We see the goodness of God now through people like Eight Days of Hope. Through you responding to other people in need. Through us going to serve our community. That is the goodness of God telling people, I am in this with you. I am not behind this, but I am in it with you. And if you will trust in me, you will recover. Your destiny will not be where you are now. However, if you start doubting in me and you check out of your journey with me, you have what you have and you have to recover all by yourself. Despite what happens, I can get you to the other side where you are victorious again, if you stick with me, remain faithful in believing that I am good, and I've got a better plan for your life than what you're currently experiencing. That is the promise of Scripture. That is what God wants us. How He wants us to respond to Him. So it doesn't matter what we experience in this life, the pain, like you know, people dying early, um, things like. Like that, that we can't explain really. But we sometimes try to put a little religious sauce over it, saying, no, God just needed them early in heaven. Why would He need them early in heaven? Heaven has no need of anything. We try to comfort our hearts through saying things like that, but it's not the truth. And it doesn't bring real comfort. What brings real comfort is knowing that we serve a good God, and that when we don't understand, we can still trust Him. That He will help us get through. He will help us get through. And whatever happens will be used for good eventually. Even though that what happened wasn't good. And I can be a real human being and say, this was bad. And yet I know, God will make even this have good outcomes. Eventually, if I keep trusting Him, and if I keep walking with Him. I don't have to live in an airy-fairy world. I can live in this world. I can be real, and I can be relevant to people who are going through hurt and heartache. But I can also affirm them, God is good, and He's going to bring you through this. And this might never make sense, but it's going to be useful at some point. Just keep trusting God. John 16, I have told you this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. I don't hear that get preached a lot. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. If you stick by God, you will overcome with Him. If you don't... You're you're up to your own your own strength. Jesus never promised us a storm free life. He just doesn't. Whoever says that is lying. But he does promise you if you remain faith, if you remain full of faith in his goodness, that you can become storm proof. You can storm proof your life and storms won't destroy you. Like the, the apostles they were saying, Yeah, we were yeah, we were pressed, but we were not crushed. We were struck down, but yet we were not destroyed. We can say, through the worst of things that we might go through, God is still on my side. I still have a Savior, and He's still going to lead me through this to victory. The next one is difficult. Because we have to realize that sometimes things happen because we bring it on ourselves. Herein, we realize that Our decisions matter. We cannot check out of responsibility for our lives. You can't go, oh God allowed this so there must be something good about it. No. If you drank too much, you got drunk, you got in a wreck and somebody got killed, that is not God somehow having some sovereign will about something. That was a travesty brought on by human error. And somebody has to take responsibility for it. Sometimes we bring these on ourselves. And we cannot deny that. We can't we can't try to soften things up to, to, to kind of just hide this 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 thing. Let me tell you, if people took personal responsibility for their actions, this world would be an entirely different place. But it's because we abdicate responsibility sometimes and go, oh well it was that force or that thing that made me do it or you know No we are responsible. The Bible says in Galatians 6, Don't be deceived. A man reaps what he sows. And whoever sows to please their flesh will from the flesh reap destruction. But whoever sows to the Spirit to please the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. God is saying to us, Hey, we, you have to be careful. Your decisions matter. Your decisions matter. Don't blame God if you lose your license because you got, you got caught drive, driving drunk. That's not God. In particular, that's the law. Which was put in place by God, I know. But still, and we can't escape that. We have to say, my sin does cause me to not be able to live perfect. We have to realize we are broken. And it's because you realize that you are broken that you can become careful. That you take responsibility for your own life. That you no longer blame everything around you for the bad decisions you make. That you start making better decisions. Anybody following me? Come on now. We need to make better decisions. The better decisions you make, the less crap will hit you. We're still not guaranteed. None of it. But definitely better decisions lead to better outcomes. That's a fact. Because this is a sowing and reaping existence. It's a world that responds to seed that gets sown. And if your actions are constantly sowing destruction, boy, you're going to reap some of that real soon. Here's another thing that happens that is difficult to accept. Sometimes other people's decisions have adverse effects on us. Completely innocent, did nothing to deserve this, but that guy made horrible decisions about his life and now it brought a storm into my life. What do I say about that? How do I process that? Do I just go, well, you know, God must have had some reason for allowing this. No. There's no benefit in thinking like that. But facing the facts that this was a horrible thing that happened because somebody made bad decisions and I'm affected by it. Faces the reality, but it leaves place still for me to respond to God in faith. Lord, despite what happens in this life because of people's brokenness, even when I'm innocent, I can still depend on you to bring me through it. I can still bank on your goodness to come into my life. Some of us are experiencing things like this for, for long terms. Sometimes relationships cause these kind of struggles in our lives. Other people's decisions affect me. And I'm just trying to serve Jesus. I'm just trying to do my best to, to live my life in His honor, honoring Him and glorifying Him. And, and yet I'm constantly bombarded by other people's effects on my life. What do I do in those moments? I realize that God's goodness will be seen in the land of the living if I remain faithful in His goodness. If I keep believing His promises and I stand and I have patience and I expect them to come, they will come to pass. Not because I deserve it, but because of His goodness. Because of His grace. And I can take the next day and I can face that day again. Look at what happened to Joseph. Joseph's brothers falsely accused him, threw him in prison, no, no, sorry. Uh, Joseph brothers betrayed him, sold him into slavery. He got eventually falsely accused, thrown into prison. All things while he was innocent. Okay, I say innocent. I know he kind of boasted about his, you know, his dream and all that. Yet, I don't think that warrants being sold into slavery, y'all. <laughs> he didn't deserve that. That's what I'm saying. He wasn't perfect, but he sure didn't deserve that. And yet, all the while... He was remaining faithful. God, you're the author of my life. You will guide me. Where I go, I can have an expectation that you're in it with me. Even if life takes me into areas and into places where I know that if you had your perfect way, this will not have happened. When he's talking to his brothers after he's revealed his identity and they're like frightful that... The king or the, the second in command of Egypt literally now is our brother. And we're in trouble. He says to them this, don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was actually God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. So it was God who sent me here, not you. See the grace in that? He is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh. The manager of his entire palace and the governor of all of Egypt. Another translation says, he has made me father to Pharaoh. This is quite amazing. What those brothers meant for evil, God turned it around for good. God turned it around. And we have this amazing verse in the Bible that says, in all things God is working for the good for those who love him. Some must quote that verse and say, God uses all things for For our good and for His glory. That's a misquote, actually. Because that actually leaves gap for us to say, Okay, so God can bring evil into my life because He wants to use that to do something good. No, no, no. It simply says, in all things. Which means that it assumes that life is going to happen in its broken way. Because it is broken. Because of people. Because of my own bad decisions. Life is going to happen. But in all things. God is going to work for the good of those who love Him and are according to His purposes. What a great comfort. What a great comfort. The last one, and the first one leads into the last one. That is, it just blesses me a lot. Number four, maybe God wants to do something big. Sometimes things happen because God's preparing to do something big. And you and me, checking out early, faces two things. Number one, we face the destruction of the current situation and we miss out on the, on the victory, miss out on the promise that was going get, to get achieved. I want to encourage you, don't check out of God's goodness. Don't doubt it. He is good and His promises will come to pass in your life and on your journey. John 9, Jesus is walking along um, His ministry journey and there's a man who's blind and His disciples come It's like, Rabbi, tell us, why was this man born blind? Why was this man born blind? Was it because of his father's sin? Or was it because of his sin? Sometimes we're wondering, well, 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 was this because of my bad decisions? Or was this because of somebody else's bad decisions that I'm now getting all of this you know, punishment? Or I'm feeling this you know, badly affected? And Jesus is simply saying, no, neither. It wasn't because of the father's sin. Or of his sin. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. And many could come to salvation because of the power of God that got revealed in your life. Maybe God is trying to get to some people around you. And the only way he'll be able to do it is by doing something big in your life. So if there's absolutely no reason why you're going through stuff, you can understand, you can know that God is creating a story. You need to remain faithful to come to the last page so that your story will start preaching God's goodness to people around you. Stay faithful. Keep trusting God. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. When bad things are happening, here's what you can always know. It doesn't matter where it comes from. We don't have to always wonder and try to understand why and where it all comes from. All you need to do is ask yourself, God, what do you want to do in me during this time? Because as much as He is in all things, working for the good of those who love Him, He is also in your life, working good things into your life amidst the trial and the tribulation that you're going through right now. And the best way to actually get to the other side is to ask God, what are you doing on the inside of my heart right now? What can I learn? How can I grow from this? Because James 1 verse 2 and 3 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, again, not if, when trouble comes your way, we are living in a real world, y'all. Nobody can kind of you know, soften that up for us. This is reality. Nobody's trying to hide that from us. But in when trouble comes your way, Consider it an opportunity for joy. Joy comes from a realization that God is with me and He's in this with me. And something is about to happen because of that. Consider it an opportunity for joy that God can do something in your life through this whole situation. To make you become more like Him. And to achieve in you His plans and purposes that He has always had for you. What am I saying? I'm saying that sometimes trouble makes our faith grow. Sometimes adversity makes us stronger. In fact, people who never face adversity don't really learn how to trust God in a real world. And because God wants us to be victorious this side of eternity, adversity can be used by Him to grow us into. John. y'all know we're going to reign with Christ? The Bible says that the saints of God will reign with Him. Biblically speaking, saints are believers, by the way. Each and every one of us are going to have rulership with Christ. That means God is preparing you for authority. He's preparing you to do great things. But you gotta, you got to accept that training Sometimes not being just as easy. And if you ever signed up for some, some team of sorts, beginning of the season, it's excruciating. You have to get, your, get yourself going again, get fit again. It's hard that first two weeks. But after that, once you get fit, now all of a sudden, things get in motion and you can start working on skill, you can start working on plans and tricks to outwit your opponent. But you can't really do that until you're fit. And so we always used to when we were in college we always, always used to um, when you know, we were praying with people when we were going through people all we would tell them we will tell them this is just training for reigning. It's training for reigning. God is training you to reign one day. And one day you're going to help other people overcome in the same area that you have now had hardship. Do not despise what God can do in your life. How He can grow you. How He can prepare you to be a blessing to yet other people after you have passed through the season but to pass through it you've got to stay convinced of God's goodness I'm sure we've all faced pain I'm sure we've all faced hardship some of you are in the battle for your life right now trust God's goodness He's good He's not fickle that you can't trust Him if He declared something He'll Stay faithful to it. The Bible says he is eager to perform his word. Think about that. Every promise in the Bible, God is just eager to get busy in your life on that thing. He just wants to, he just wants to start working on all of these things into your life. And he has the perspective to know which one of it first. But 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 you have to trust him and keep journeying with him. Because he's working his word into your life. Doesn't matter what you're going through, God is busy doing something good. And you focusing on what He wants to do is you aligning your perspective right. Getting bogged down about why things are happening just doesn't help. Getting bogged down or getting busy on what God is busy doing in your life. That's what leads to life. That's what leads to victory. That's what leads to a positive mental attitude that helps you overcome and and, and keep going in the tough times. He's training you for reigning. He's training you for reigning. You still have a good God. You still have a Savior that's fighting by your side to help you get through this so sometimes we just don't realize that the question why do bad things happen to good people is is inherently a flawed question because as we've just seen now that we're not we're broken mankind is broken we're not good we've got many flaws many imperfections So technically there was only once when bad thing a bad thing happened to good people. And that's when Jesus was killed on the cross. Because he was good entirely. He was perfect. He lived a perfect life. He lived the life that you and I should have lived. And then he faced the consequence that we're supposed to face on our behalf. He died the death that you and I are meant to die. so actually only once did something bad happen to a good person that's when Jesus was crucified to pay the penalty for your and my disobedience for your and my imperfection but even in this we see the goodness of God that despite our brokenness despite the fact that we don't deserve to be with him to be saved his grace made a way made a way possible for us in fact the gospel is that good things can happen to bad people (laughs) that's the, the message of the gospel to say I'm not good and because I'm not good I've been separated from God because God is holy and we're not we're not holy but because of Jesus Christ something good can come of my life I trusting in what Jesus did on the cross Allows God to make a miracle happen inside of my heart. Something I can never work out myself. Something I can never be good enough for. A miracle takes place in my heart. And I become born again. The Bible says I become a child of God. And today's message is for each and every one of you who have never made that decision. To put your trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation. Because that's where good things start to happen to bad people. And I want to pray that with you today. I want to pray for each and every one of us today. That we'll stay, stay convinced of the goodness of God. That He's going to work things out on our behalf if we remain trusting Him. And secondly, we can experience the goodness of God here and now, today. By allowing Him to save us. By recognizing that we can't save ourselves. So I want to pray for us. Will you stand with me? And then we'll pray and we'll close for today. But I want, to, I want to ask you if, if this is time for you to respond. Have you doubted God? Is it time to return and just confirm again your faith in His goodness? Let's pray that today. Father, we confess that we've, we've started allowing happenings, occurrences, circumstances to, to create doubt in our hearts, to to start challenging the truth in our hearts that you are good and that you've got good plans for us and, and that you are leading us to a path of victory and overcoming. Lord, we want to affirm our faith again for that today. Lord, we want to confess that we believe that you are good. You are only good. You're just good. And that everything that you do to us is good. And despite anything we go through, your goodness will through in the midst of it we believe that Lord and we make that confession today and if you have never ever decided that you want to put your trust in Jesus Christ and you're ready to do that today you want to say Jesus I believe that your work on the cross is enough for my salvation and you want to to make that declaration today I want you to raise your hand right there with me I will pray over you and the Bible says what what will happen is a miracle will take place on the inside of your heart and what you couldn't achieve yourself God will do on your behalf so right now where you are at if you want to put your trust in Jesus raise your hand right now we'll pray with you Amen anybody else take that step to trust Jesus thank you sir I see your hands family pray with me and if you raised your hands I want you to pray out loud this prayer with me this prayer is is your prayer unto God to thank Him for forgiving you for your sin and saving you. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm broken. I'm separated from you. I'm a sinner and I need you to save me. I declare today I believe Jesus died for me and that His death was payment for me. So I don't have to die to pay for my sin. I want to thank you for that, Jesus. I believe in you. And I believe today that you'll make me a child of God from now until forevermore. I pray that in your name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with sincerity in your heart, today starts a journey for you of becoming a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And you know the Bible says that once you are born again and you're placed in His hand nothing can separate you any longer from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We would love to journey with you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus come and let us know so that we can walk with you and get to help you to, to build a relationship with God. He doesn't want you to just know Him. He wants you you to love on him to, to know his love to experience his love because he wants to be a father to you if you want to you can write one of those connect cards that you, that you gave your life to the Lord and we can contact you during the week or if you just want to come and talk we welcome that as well I want to thank each and every one of you for coming God is a good God and listen he's got your life he's got your life remain faithful trust him and it'll work out. It'll work out. He is that good that we have that much confidence to declare that. Just remain faithful. Do not check out of the journey. I want to thank each and every one of you who are part of this family. If you're not part of this family, we want you part of this family. This is an awesome family of people that really love each other. We try our best to get to know one another, actually, and spend time, you know, out of each other, being a part of each other's lives, and, 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 and so we want to invite you to really consider becoming a part of this family. If you are a part of this family, we also love the fact that this is a generous family. People love in towards the purposes of God. And so thank you for your generosity. Um, at this church, there's a couple of ways to give that you can speak on the board. You can give today in person. In the lobby, there'll be a giving box. Um, but you can also give online. Or you can, you can even text the word OSC Crowley to 77977 and that's the way that we support God's work through this family um, to keep going and to to be able to spread this beautiful message about the righteousness of God that can be found in Christ Jesus thank you for participating in that way let me pray a blessing over us as we leave today Father, we just come and thank you for the goodness that you have reached out to us with. You saying your word that at the right time, while we were still sinners, you died for us. You didn't wait for us to fix our own lives. And then you said, all right, now good, let's start a relationship. You came when we were at our worst. And then you reached out and made it possible for us to become children of God. We glorify your name. Thank you that you are such a good God. We cannot deserve it. But Father, we sure are thankful for it. I bless each and every one of us who are here today and those who couldn't come. May your fellowship of the Holy Spirit truly be with us and remind us of these words throughout the week as we go out and face this real life with renewed faith and strength in your goodness and, and expectation of your promises to be fulfilled. We trust you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.